This audio session is taken from the Shofar Bible School first year course. You can register for the full Bible School course by visiting our Shofar online store at www.shofaronlinestore.org. The topic for this session is the prayer of Yahweh. It is part of module 40, Pray. Welcome everybody. Um, today we'll be speaking about prayer. What is prayer? And just to recap, in section two, we're looking at the theme of understanding ourselves. And what is central to this is discipleship. So what does it mean to follow Jesus? What does it mean to live like him? And what did Jesus do? What were the habits in his life? Um, I'd just like to start off for us by praying. Father, we exalt you. We give you praise, Lord. Thank you, Father, that we can approach your word fearfully and with humility. We pray, Father God, that you'd impart in us a desire to pray and a desire to seek you more in the mighty name of Jesus. Now, by a means of introduction, I'd like to read a scripture for us in Mark chapter 1 and verse 35. What does it mean when we say that Jesus prayed and where in scripture do we actually see him praying? And one of those examples are in Mark chapter 1 verse 35. It reads as follows. And rising very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he departed and went out to a desolate place. And there he prayed. And here we see an example of how prayer was an integral part of Jesus' life. In fact, that entire day, Jesus spent ministering to people, praying for people, preaching. And at the end of the day, he still rises very, very early in the morning while it is still dark in order to pray and to spend time with God. And just seeing from the place that it had in Jesus' life, we have to ask ourselves as well, how much are we praying? Why must we pray? And what is prayer exactly? And just in terms of looking at a definition, prayer in its purest form or its most basic form is how we address God. How do we speak to God? When we are in the secret place, when we're gathered together corporately. And it's important to understand that prayer is not a gift in the first place. We don't see in scripture where it's mentioned that there is a gift of prayer, comparable, for example, to the gifts of the Holy Spirit. But rather prayer is a discipline. And what that means is that it doesn't matter where you are today. It doesn't matter what your prayer life looks like. It's something that we can grow in and something that as believers, we all have to do. It should be a daily habit of believers, as we see in the life and example of Jesus. And in the previous module, we looked at worship and what worship is and arrived at the definition that worship in its, in its purest form or in its most foundational definition is recognizing the worth in God, the worth of who God is, and in some way, some shape or form, expressing that worth. Now, prayer can entail having some aspects of worship as well. So you can pray and worship as you pray, declaring God's majesty, declaring his goodness and, and who he is. But in this module specifically, we'll be focusing on prayer, specifically two prayers that we see in scripture from two people. And the first person is Jabez, but we will get to that scripture in just a moment. Now, what is at the heart of prayer? What is at the heart of this module that we are that we're speaking of and as creation we are so limited we are so powerless we've been created to be dependent on a god and those are the two aspects that we'll look at 
What does it mean to be powerless as human beings? And what does it mean to serve an almighty God? And that's really what we are doing when we come in, when we pray, when we address God, when we petition and seek His face, is that in spite of our knowledge, in spite of our education, in spite of science, we're probably in the most knowledge-filled, knowledge-accessible generation that mankind has ever seen. But in spite of that, we still fall short in so many ways. Our knowledge is so, so small compared to the knowledge of God. And that is us, a, a powerless people relating to an almighty God. And how do we do that? Um, that is primarily done through prayer, through petition, through speaking to God and addressing Him in prayer. So prayer is ultimately an expression of our frailty, an expression of just crying out and saying, Lord, though we have all these things, though we have all these institutions, though it seems in the natural we have it all figured out, actually, we know so little. Actually, our lives are so fragile that we are in desperate, constant need of relationship with our maker and with our creator. Now, the time of this recording, as context is important, our context at the moment is defined by a virus which has taken the world by storm. No one knows what to do. Borders are closing, flights are being canceled, restrictions are being placed on where people can move and how people can travel. Even human to human contact is being restricted to a certain extent. In spite of our medical advances, in spite of technological advances, we still have our hands in the air because there is no cure for this virus. This, it's called coronavirus. And it shows the frailty of man. Just that, in fact, though we have all this wisdom in our own eyes and knowledge, it is still not enough. We can't save ourselves. We can't give ourselves a way out of the situation that we're in. And throughout scripture, we don't necessarily see a formula of how we must pray. There's no 10-step plan or an entire chapter wholly devoted unto prayer. But what we do see, however, are constant examples of men who prayed and of a God who answered their prayers. And we'll be looking at an example of such a man, Jabez. And I'd like to read a scripture for us, 1 Chronicles chapter 4 and verse 9 to verse 10. Jabez was more honorable than his brothers, and his mother called his name Jabez, saying, because I bore him in pain. Jabez called upon the God of Israel, saying that, Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my border, and that your right hand might be with me, and that you would keep me from harm, so that it might not bring me pain. And God granted what he asked. Take 10 minutes to reflect on and discuss this session's key Bible passage together with others in your class. If you are watching on your own, take a few minutes to reflect on the key Bible passage by yourself. Now, this prayer, just looking at it at first glance, it is easy to think without knowing the context to say, yo, Jabez was praying for blessings. He was praying for more, you know, a larger territory. He was praying for, for, for receiving more from God. But looking at the context, you'll see that in 1 Chronicles chapter 4, it's embedded, this prayer is embedded in a genealogy. Now, what, are, what is a genealogy and why are genealogies important? So the ancient world valued genealogies a lot. They were very comparable to the CVs that people have today. 
because a genealogy spoke something more than just the name. It gave the potential of that person, what that person would be able to be one day or would amount to, because it looked at the person's lineage. So their grandfather, their great-grandfather, their great-great-great-great-grandfather. And in that context of being listed among all these people who are, would have been known at the time to have done good or to have done bad, it described the potential of an individual, um, how they would be able to thrive or fail in society. More than that, it also communicated the history, particularly that of Israel. We find in, in the Old Testament, 25 different accounts of genealogies given. And in the gospel, we find it, find it twice, specifically with regards to, to Jesus and to the life of Jesus. And moreover, in genealogies, we also receive a lot of spiritual lessons or a lot of spiritual lessons are communicated through, through genealogies, which is the case with this prayer, the prayer of Jabez, which is in a genealogy and is itself a genealogy. And the first thing, which is a lesson to us, is the name of Jabez. Because as we read in 1 Chronicles 4, Jabez's mother named him Jabez because he was born in pain. So his whole name was attached to this idea of pain, to this idea of having brought pain to a mother, having brought pain to an entire family. And that was what was mentioned in his genealogy. So firstly, it's a strange genealogy because genealogies often don't elaborate as much as it's been elaborated here. In fact, there's only one other account in the whole Old Testament of a genealogy where more is said, more is mentioned than just the person's name. And that's in 1 Chronicles 7, 16, where Makkah mentions, is mentioned there. Um, and more information is given about that specific, specific person. Now, what is the story of Jabez and who was Jabez? From the scripture, we understand that Jabez was born out of pain he brought a lot of pain and this name he forever carried for the entirety of his life after his mother named him. And it's ultimately the story of a man who was cursed, who had a label over him, who, was, who found himself in a situation that he didn't predetermine and he didn't choose to be in. He didn't choose to be born. He didn't choose to, through childbirth, bring his mother a lot of pain but that was the circumstances that he found himself in. Now, why is this relevant to us? You might be listening to this and you say, Vilio, I wasn't born in such a situation. I didn't bring my mother pain at childbirth. But the significant thing of the story of Jabez is that it's ultimately not just a story of him, but it reflects so many things that we go through in the modern day and era. That is why it's important to understand this prayer and the significance of it. Because just like Jabez, many of us find ourselves in situations constantly. We didn't choose to be in them. We didn't ask for it. We tried our best to get out of that situation, but yet we are confronted by our own frailty in that we didn't choose the place that we were born. We didn't choose our socioeconomic status. We didn't choose our health. We just find ourselves in this situation. But what is the appropriate response once we do find ourselves in the situations? And there's something of that, of that response that we see in the prayer of Jabez. I remember 
growing up, I wanted to be a football player. And I used to train hard, used to go to practice, make sure. I remember even jogging about five kilometers coming from home, going to this football field and getting there. The coach was very, was a very stern man. He used to speak down on the players, he used to swear and do all these things. And I remember him just constantly breaking me down. Whether I was, when I was a minute late for a game, he would tell me to be the ref of the game, to be a linesman. And long story short, that affected the entire way I played football. That affected the entire way I looked at the game. I found myself actually not wanting to have the ball at my feet, but just getting the ball and saying, let me make as few mistakes as possible and release this ball again. And I'll never forget being in that situation and crying out to God and saying, Lord, in a sense, why, did I, why am I in this situation where the coach doesn't support me, doesn't back me, doesn't encourage me, and it's affecting my performance? And for a long time, I lived with that fear and with that label, those labels, those words that he spoke over me. I carried them around with me. And I remember being a student at varsity in my first year, and the Lord brought so much redemption and so much freedom from that through a friend of mine who was our coach at the time, and he would speak life, he would encourage, he would just call the best out of me. And in that moment, all those labels were broken. All those labels were taken away from me. Labels that I didn't choose to have, labels that I didn't ask for, labels that I perhaps didn't deserve. But I found myself at the place where I was vulnerable and I had no option but to call out to God. Maybe you find yourself at such a place today, but there is good news. The Lord is able to break every label which man or even ourselves have brought and put on ourselves and has defined our identity. Now, in this prayer, what's important to note is that there is a comparison made. There's a bit of a juxtaposition that is made. And I like to call it a but God moment. You see, as much as his mother, Jabez's mother, called him this name, Jabez, saying that out of my pain, because I bore you with a lot of pain, this child was born. As much as she called him that, the contrast is that Jabez called God. And that's what the scripture says, that he called God. He called out to God. He cried out to God. His mother called him one thing, but his response was different. And that is the appropriate response to this situation. And even in today's world with our reality, we ought to respond by calling out to God. But what was the content of this call of Jabez specifically? We see three different things. And with this is the introduction of petitionary prayer. And what does that mean? That simply means prayer which asks God for something, for a situation to be amended, for help, for mercy, and we see Jabez do this in the scripture. He says the following, and I would like to read it for us again. He asks the Lord, oh, that you would bless me. So the first thing is to bless and to enlarge my border and that your hand might be with me, that you would keep me from harm so that it might not bring me pain. We, are, we see Jabez asking the Lord to bless him, to be with him, and finally, we see him asking the Lord to keep him from harm. So it's the Lord's blessing in terms of the Lord's provision, 
the Lord's presence in terms of Lord be with me. And then finally, the Lord's protection in terms of Lord, keep me from harm. And this is a desperate prayer that Jabez prayed. But we see throughout the scripture that he was an honorable man. Not even his brothers got a mention in the genealogy, having more explained about them, but he got mentioned. So we can only assume from the context that this prayer of Jabez was answered because scripture says that he was an honorable man. And isn't that amazing? Isn't God so faithful that if we cry out to him, whoever calls out on the name of the Lord will be saved, irrespective of the situation, God will answer. Not always in the way that we expect, not always in the way that the world would expect God to answer, but God is faithful to answer prayer. And in conclusion, we spoke about how as human beings, we are so powerless. We don't have any power, any wisdom in and of ourselves, any knowledge. We are so, so dependent on God. And we can take heart because we serve an almighty, all-powerful God. But how do we relate? How, how does a powerless people relate to an almighty God? And that is through prayer. That is through addressing him as he, who he rightfully is, God Almighty. Take 15 minutes to reflect on and discuss the following points together with others in your class. If you are watching on your own, take a few minutes to reflect on the points by yourself. You can find the discussion points in your Bible school handbook. Look out for the Living the Word sections in each session.